You are listening to From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley. My co-host is Griffin Caprio. This is our podcast about the people creating podcasts and how they got started. In this episode, we're speaking with Randy Burgess and Don Vandermark, co-hosts of both CTO Think and This Old App. We cover a lot of ground in this conversation, including how Randy and Don nearly decided not to create a podcast, how they went from there to deciding to create a second one, and what they see as the gaps in podcasting today. Randy and Don also talked about the best parts of podcasting, which for them is the opportunity to offer advice and create a community for small business CTOs in the same spirit as the tech communities that helped them get their start, and also the chance to make podcasting more accessible, especially for people whose voices aren't being heard enough. And a few more things before we get started. As I was editing this podcast, it really hit home that despite all of the differences, there really are so many similarities in the stories of the podcasters we've talked to. In all of the interviews so far, our guests have given some version of the same advice. Don't get hung up on trying to be perfect. Just get started. It's great advice and frankly, what we had to embrace in order to get this podcast off the ground. Case in point, many of our initial interviews, including this one, were recorded before we'd purchased any microphones or proper equipment. It was a decision I definitely struggled with, but I'm glad that we made it because if it had been up to me, we would likely still be debating acoustic paneling and not have recorded a single episode. Of course, that means we've had to deal with a variety of audio challenges during editing, some of which were unfortunately pretty much unfixable. So I hope that you can forgive the popping that is in my track on this particular interview and uh, appreciate us taking the advice of the people we've talked to. This is From the Beginning. Let's get started. We're here with Randy Burgess and Don Vandemark, hosts of the CTO Think and This Old pod App podcast. Randy's an experienced CTO and technology leader running his own consultancy, All Aboard Apps. Uh, that helps small businesses with their technology needs. And Don is the CTO and co-founder of Aspire EDU, an education technology company. We're excited to chat with you both today. Thank you for joining us, Randy and Don. Sure. Glad to be here. Yep. Glad to be on. So kicking things off, uh, co-hosts are an interesting uh, demographic in the podcasting industry. How did you two meet? Oh, man. I think... <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you take that one, Randy? <laughs> so back in the day, I was a fantasy sports um, management systems management developer, um, which was more like building a hobby site for friends. And I needed statistics for these games to run. And that was the time that was a section of expertise I didn't have. And somewhere along the line, Don piped in as I was crying out for help of someone giving me stats. And he said, I'll, I know how to get the stats for you. So best as I can remember, we got introduced because we were both playing college fantasy football games. I was building this tool and he knew how to scrape website stats and then deliver them to me in a CSV or something like that. Is that, isn't that how we met? Yeah, that that's, that's the most of it. The only, the only alteration is I was already scraping them. <laughs> um, it was just a matter of now I had an actual customer that I had to actually make them a little cleaner for. And then it just kind of evolved from there where we 
even though we both retired from the industry as it was moving towards no money and gambling for the like the industry as a whole and we did we started working in content management systems mainly in the drupal workspace and then we just kind of kept in touch and at various points i think we've hired each other for different little projects and we both have like a kind of a southeastern united states history in our background and we kind of think along the same lines in terms of business and working with people and stuff so over the years it's just kind of we've always put heads together about ideas and how we're working on things in our careers so how did you decide to uh start a podcast together or why did y'all decide to start a podcast together Don, you can go with the first time we talked about it. <laughs> so the first time we talked about it, and, and this is my recollection, is I had just been laid off from uh, from my current position, and I was working out my severance at the time. And we were talking about building a CTL consultancy, and the podcast was meant to be a vehicle towards that. And I was all I was all ready for it, and and I, we uh, I built out a script and talking points, and and I had the show notes already written before the episode. Um, we recorded one, maybe two episodes, and at the end of that, I was like, "Yeah, this is too much work." So yeah, we uh, we we put it on hold for probably what was that six months, maybe more. Oh, it was a year. Because we reserved, we reserved the domain name CTO Think around the time we were going to do it. And then a year comes by and I said to Don, I'm like, hey, are we going to do this ever? Or should I just let this domain go? And he's like, just let it go. And then a week later, I got a burst of energy and a lack of consideration for quality and said, Don, we need to do this. So on Tuesday, whatever, we're going to start recording and to see where it goes. And that was in December of 2017, I think. Sounds right. So yeah, so that's basically how we actually executed and started doing it was we, instead of doing the, all the planning and everything that Don had committed to managing, we just said, we're going to record it. And then Don still does the audio editing and I kind of handled the structuring the like website and hosting piece, publishing and that kind of thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we, we, we let, we stopped letting good be the enemy of great and just, just went out and did it. And by the time I got done editing the first one, I was like, this, this wasn't too bad. So we, uh, we're what? 40, 50 episodes in on both, between both by now. And Don had to get over his disgust for his own voice. That was the hardest thing for him. <laughs> I, I don't the care. The ums, the <laughs> I'm disgusted with both of our voices, but I don't care. That's the difference. But we, I mean, we're both doing fine. It's like we don't have radio kind of practice, but we haven't received any complaints on that level. So as long as we haven't heard anything negative. <laughs> That's awesome. I think, I think you've summed up my entire entrepreneurial career there, Randy. <laughs>
Well, I always feel like you can improve on that later. You got to get the, you have to produce something, you have to get it out the door and then you'll tweak it. I mean, I can't think of a single podcast that if I listen to their first episodes and then I listen to what they've been doing for two years that I'm like, wow, they were really rough back then. So I was like, that's just everybody, I think. It's just like, I feel like that's a philosophy that I've had to do more and more to get things done or otherwise ideas sit on the shelf and die for the most part. I think Don mentioned or Randy mentioned the number of episodes that you guys are in. You're certainly past kind of the initial excitement phase. What keeps you motivated to kind of continue podcasting? Well, for me, it's as we've gone further, I've, I mean, I've learned a lot having like talking through things like Don and I can have a conversation about specific business scenarios related to our companies. But it's another thing to have a conversation with Don and with the back of my mind, there's a bunch of people listening in. And I think it forces you to be a little more structured, be a little less cavalier with your comments. And then we've had some guests recently that have made me think like you get more perspectives as you bring in guests that talk about their life experience and somewhat because I work in a remote capacity most of the time and I don't do like networking and travel as a key component of my work. I would say that this is an outlet that kind of gets me talking to more people. So that's what's kind of kept me interested to keep doing it compared to what that initial, like we're published and now we're out there. And then after a little while, you kind of say like, what, what's next? I don't know about Don though. Yeah. So I, I, I agree that uh, the, the guests that we brought on alone have certainly started to um, re-energize isn't quite the right word. But, but it, it's broadened the horizons, which is exactly what we are aiming to do. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we need to be not, we need to be get outside our bubble. Randy and I talk enough that we can probably know pretty much what each other are thinking. Yeah. But bringing another, other people to, to talk on the show with different perspectives certainly has, has uh, broadened that bubble, so to speak. So when you talk about those motivations, it sounds like they were enough and you saw enough in CTO Think to actually start a second podcast. Why why a second podcast and not just a more frequent version of CTO Think? The idea behind CTO Think was that we were talking to, A, we were talking to emerging technical leaders. So people who either were new CTOs or people who wanted to potentially be CTOs. And we also had the the additional um, idea that this should be something that that non technical leaders can listen to and understand what goes through a CTO's mind. And we hoped that we were breaking it down to be non technical enough. That said, we couldn't quite get that. So I, I don't think we scratched every itch we had because we were limiting ourselves and not really be able to dig into the technical. So Randy had been learning uh, about Firebase and it's kind of hard to talk about Firebase without getting really technical. Um, we can talk about serverless and, and what that means in the general, but I think there was a, there was a desire to, to dig into the technical as well. And 
we also were like, we kind of wanted to document what we were doing because we were we were starting to pull some ideas together as to different businesses we could be doing different apps and things we could offer to the market. So um, it, they serve two different things. I have nothing to add. Like that's exactly was the same reason on my side. I think the the bigger issue was with the idea that you can definitely scare people off if they're coming to your podcast on one kind of defined subject, which was kind of like for us, CT, I think was leadership based, people based, management based. And we talk about like empathy is something that we talk about constantly on CTO Think. But then if you turn around and start talking about the difference between a relational database and a document data store and the implications around that, it's like, okay, what is this podcast about exactly? And for me too, this old app represents a grab bag that we can talk about whatever. And CTO Think has a little bit more definition that I wanted to maintain. Gotcha. Do you find keeping the topics and the guests separate for both those podcasts is difficult or is it pretty easy to kind of know like, hey, we should definitely talk about this on this podcast and not the other podcast? It hasn't been a problem so far because our guests have so far been more along the lines of builders and entrepreneurs and like talk about programming. So that has fallen under the This Old app. From the guests we had on CTO Think, they were definitely around like learning around like a working environment, management, company culture. So it hasn't posed a problem yet. I don't know that it will. We have one person we're reaching out to trying to get them on that we've pitched both shows to. We said, if, if, if you'd like to talk about this aspect of what you do, we can put that over here on CTO Think. If you'd like to talk about this aspect, we can put you on this old app. Or if you want exposure to one of those two audiences, we can modify what we're doing based on that. And, and he came back that, yeah, I, I, I would like to get in front of more uh, leaders. So, so let's, let's put the topic around the CTO Think one. So are you with two podcasts, are you looking at the analytics so that you have some sense of whether there's an overlap in listeners or if they're mostly listening to one podcast or the other? No, no. And I don't even know, like, honest, we don't know enough about our audience to know how many are not duplicates. I know from talking to some of my former students that they listen to this old app more than they listen to CTO Think because leadership to them is too far off in their minds. Um, but I don't think that I don't have the metrics or the knowledge. And from a, per, from a marketing perspective, that's our weakest area. So I would say we're not doing it in general enough. And so we probably aren't, we're definitely not segmenting it or targeting or doing a targeting strategy for it. Well, that that's also part of the just good enough is a, we're not looking hard for sponsors. If, if some come along, great, but we're financing it all out of our pockets at the moment. So we're not pushing hard on the marketing part. We know that marketing requires more time. 
So that in and of itself would be a hindrance to actually getting it done. So right now it's, it's, it's something we enjoy doing. And the more, <laughs> the more work we have to do about it, the less we might enjoy it. I think that makes a ton of sense. It also points a bit to some of the challenges in podcasting right now, because Randy, you mentioned the analytics and not necessarily even having a good idea of your audience. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you have found challenging or are there other aspects that you've found challenging about producing not just one podcast, but two? From the production standpoint, it hasn't been a challenge in that there's not a significant extra amount of work because we have two different podcasts. We're using the same host, Transistor FM. We're using the same kind of audio equipment each time. It's really just we have an hour that we set aside to record this show, and we have an hour we set aside to record this show. Don does the audio development. I do, sometimes I'm able to do captions sometimes, and I do the notes for the show notes and publishing on the website, but there's, there's not a significant challenge by having the two. Like we sometimes, we've kind of gone into a routine now where we do each show every other week, just from a time perspective of any subject, but there's not a highly complex production difference between the two. On the analytics side, the biggest gap for me at all in this whole business is understanding the real numbers. What's the download versus a listen versus a subscription? What are the demographics of those folks? I don't know the difference between any of it. I have no idea. And so that to me makes the numbers pretty devalued from what I can stand in front of or not stand on or not feel safe standing on to make a statement about when it comes to the business of sponsorships, I have no idea what the sponsors want from a numbers perspective, what they consider real. So there's kind of like this chicken or the egg idea of, do we have to put a bunch of money into advertising and promotion to get more listeners or I guess maybe listeners that we can turn around and get sponsorships to give us money, which then starts the engine of promotion, marketing, advertising, or do you build it, keep working on quality, and then you grow up subscriptions over a year or two? Like, I don't know where you get started on that. And so that's, to me, the biggest gap in this whole business for us to push this farther. So it's really more around kind of like the education and just having an understanding of, you know, not just the technical aspects, but the business aspects of, you know, what does an ad run even cost or what should a advertiser charge and how many downloads should I have? Yeah. Gotcha. And what's, what's the difference between a download and a listen? I, I mean, the, it's obvious what the difference is, but do you have access to those analytics and how many of the downloads are because somebody subscribed so they may just not be good at cleaning out their subscriptions. So it's really a false number. That's the kind of numbers that we just don't have. And so we don't know how we're doing. We did have a, a guest on who works within a community that, that has more people. We saw a small spike. Um, are we going to keep them? We don't know. We hope we bring value to where we can. 
but there's no transparency in, in any of this. It's actually very opaque. And so given that, it seems like even just getting an understanding of the analytics would be one of the pieces that you would find uh, more valuable um, or that you wish was maybe better. And so given where the podcasting industry is at today, what do you wish you could do with your podcast that you can't do today? Like what are the types of things that you would maybe want to do, but you just can't? Is it just the advertising and the, the sponsors or is there something else? I mean, I would... I would love to have more insight on what would be the best improvements for us to make that matter. So whether it's someone were to come in and give an, an assessment of, here's your audio quality, this is what you need to change. This is what you, we recommend you change that will give you a boost in perceived quality of your publications. Subject matter. What are the topics people care the most about that will allow you to, you know, get more listeners? You know, how you structure your discussion. Is there, is the way that Don and I talk casually, does that suffice for what is quality? The education about the analytics, of course, would be huge for me to understand like the metrics and what we need to do to make the more important ones grow or, and then to ignore the ones that don't matter. All of that, like that's the kind of stuff that I know I could dig in and probably find some of those answers, but it's also just a matter of more time from what Don and I do in our real careers that would be the problem there. But if I knew more about them, if I knew more about like, Hey, you invest in this part to improve your podcast then you're likely to see, you know, to meet some other goals. And my goals personally would be bigger audience, more guests, to expand a community that goes along the lines of what we talk about in management. I would like to see that community grow. Like if you look at, when I look at the podcast that um, Syntax with Wes Boss and Scott Talinsky, they have a community of people that ask questions to them and they find the answers. And it's all around beginning technology. Like almost everything they're doing is teaching people about the tools to learn how to be a developer or to be a better developer. And for Don and I, small business CTO, we've done it with a number of companies. I would love to be building a community that had people asking questions about that because I do that. I talk to people that I know outside of the podcast about starting a business, finding a co founder in the technical realm, that kind of thing. I'd like to have more of those conversations. And so that's really where I'd like to see our podcast goes to expanding a community. And it doesn't have to be where we're making money off of sponsorships. I'd be happy if we just like paid off the hosting costs and in, in terms of sponsorships. Randy and I are not expecting to be on the top 100, top 1,000, top 10,000 of, of any list. What we would hope is that when people subscribe, they find value in it and they keep listening. Um, that's really all I'm after is that what we're doing means something to somebody. It uh, doesn't have to mean something to thousands and thousands of people. And as far as the money aspect, completely on board with, we don't, if we're able to defray costs and maybe even defray costs of 
uh, providing transcripts to, for each episode for those who are hard of hearing. Yeah. Um, that would be great as well. But financially, that's about as far as we're worried about. We're not doing this for the money for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys touched on a couple of points, you know, especially as it regards to, you know, Randy, you mentioned kind of like an assessment of just tell us what we could be doing better, right? Yeah. And I think that's a pretty common request from podcasters, especially as the the market and the industry grows and you've got Spotify popping up and Google is becoming a player and it's like, well, are my feeds configured right? Is, is it built right? Do I need to up the sound quality? Those are all kind of like open-ended questions that really kind of are more community focused mm -hmm. in terms of what are other podcasters doing? How do they get this stuff done or, or, or how do they improve? And so a question I'd have for you and Don is, you know, with two podcasts now, you know, you guys are a little bit further ahead than dipping your toe. Do you have any connection to the larger podcasting community? Right now, we don't have much. I know some other people doing podcasts on a hobby basis, like Don and I, but we don't really share notes. It's like bloggers to me, just everybody's kind of writing and posting. And some people use Medium, some people use Squarespace, some people build their own sites. And we, I haven't reached out to anyone else to see if putting heads together with other podcasters would make sense. I feel like it would. I feel like anytime you join a like-minded group of people trying to do things, a good conversation can crop up. But I've also seen where the, and this is maybe a bigger, a broader topic. To me, the online world of groups and meetups and masterminds and all that kind of stuff is a very, there's a lot of options and not a lot of high quality. So for at least, you know, I, I'm part of groups that I've been a part of for a while that have a strong core of people. There's lots of consumers and listeners that don't contribute. There's always a small core of people that talk a lot, give insight, answer questions, and those are groups that have been going on for like 10 years or so. And I have yet to find a podcaster group of people where they are folks that understand the business, are doing high quality work, and can contribute to that, that I can also contribute to. So right now, I kind of feel like we're out in the middle of nowhere from a community standpoint and looking for some kind of group that may be helpful in that case. So in your mind, a community or a group is more of a peer-based learning community? Yeah. I mean, to me, helpful communities are ones where you can say, hey, we're looking for a new host. And people can throw in their two cents on why, like why this host is better than another. Kind of like Hacker News. I mean, Hacker News is full of trash most of the time, but there's always like a thread that's really valuable because there's people with constructive feedback or answering a question. And that's what I've always gotten out of good networking groups. And for podcasting, I just don't know where that is. And I'd like to find it, but I haven't taken the time, mainly because seeking communities online is now this like, you might as well needle in a haystack type, type of deal. And I'm just not sure where to start and how much time to put into looking for it.
So when you look at where the community goes and, and where podcasting as a whole go, there's the industry and the community, and then there's you guys as hosts. Where do you in particular want to go from here? Like, what do you see things evolving into and what gets you excited? Well, one thing that we've done is we had a guest recently on one of them that is from uh, the Moms Can Code community, and they've got a virtual uh, summit coming up. And I, I talked to Randy about it, and we talked about doing a session on how easy podcasting actually is and to not let the fear of the commitment stop you from getting your message out there. That's one place I'd like to head is if we can use our experiences to encourage others to put their messages out there, that's one thing that I'm all for. For me, if I go back to when I got into technology, the people that I gravitated towards on the teaching side about people that were teaching things and helping people get into this line of work of technology, not podcasting. It was people like Chris Coyer of CSS Tricks and now CodePen, Wes Boss, who's only been around for three or four years, but they are both two personalities that they took what looked like a really steep climb learning curve. And by removing all pretension, they were teaching people how to do tech and making it more inviting, more inclusive. And for what Don and I are best at, which is small business, CTO, entrepreneurship type of companies, I would like to see a community build around these podcasts or that our podcasts become part of and strengthen an existing community that brings more people into the fold of, hey, this is not rocket science. Like failing is part of it, learning is part of it, and having that a conversation with people that have made a jump in careers. Because we're looking at a, I mean, it's a bigger picture thing, but we're looking across this country with jobs and industries changing drastically, and technology is what's replacing a lot of the jobs out there. But that also calls for a lot of people with new skills to do them, and there's still a barrier of people that can't cross the divide. So for me, teaching students face-to-face, -face, having a conversation beyond the classroom is what I think will make them stronger. And that's what helped me. That's what I want our podcast to grow into is something that can teach people and people can hear from not just Don and I, but other people who don't have a podcast, but have something great to say about what it takes to be in this industry and to dispel some of the things that are preventing people from jumping in. That's kind of what I'd like to see eventually happen. So it's more about amplifying or giving space to voices that otherwise maybe wouldn't be able to have it or not be able to be found. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, this has been great chatting with you guys, uh, Randy and Don. It's always a pleasure getting a bird's eye view on, on where podcasting is, and especially from two experienced hosts such as yourself. So uh, thanks for joining uh, Jen and I today on our podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.